Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. If you're a Disney Plus subscriber and you're watching The Mandalorian, Jack and I have a podcast for you. Every week, we'll discuss the latest episode of The Mandalorian and talk about other great content and maybe some not-so-great content on Disney Plus as well. As two lifelong Star Wars fans, we have a ton of fun geeking out over all the little details of the show, and we want you to join us every Monday. So search for Disney Plus Reviews. That's Disney P-L-U-S Reviews. Hey, Phil, how about that, Baby Yoda? Baby Yoda says, what's the podcast? Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that's here to bust criminals and lick its own butt, and it's all out of criminals, it's Sifpa. Welcome to Sif Pop Weekly, streaming live most weekends or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get those perks. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, and each week we will chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. She has a kill code to ensure she will never, ever, 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 ever turn evil. It's Susan Kamyab-Stevens, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Hey. Thanks Welcome for back. Me. Welcome back. I, I'm assuming yeah. I'm assuming you have your own kill code to make sure that you don't turn evil. So it's, Of course. I just wanted to As everyone should. Yeah. As everyone should. That is correct. <laughs> uh we've got an exciting show for you today. Uh thank you for joining us. Uh, as you may notice, uh, Andrew is not with us this week. Uh, he had other things come up, and we totally understand that. But Susan has graciously joined uh, us to step in and, and help talk about a couple of great movies uh, that have come out recently. I should just say a couple of movies, um, yeah. because I don't know that I want to call uh, both of them great, but we will get there. Uh, we're going to talk about mm-hmm. with, Without Remorse uh, on Amazon Prime and Mitchell, The Mitchells versus The Machines on Netflix, which originally I think was called Connected. At least when we were doing, uh, by the way, uh, Susan is on uh, the Critics in the Critics Choice Association with me. That's uh, where we met each other and uh, connected first. Speaking of connected. Uh, But I was uh, in charge of the animated uh, category in our Super Awards this year, our debut Super Awards. Yeah. And Connected was one of those that originally was supposed to come out last year and was going to compete for animated film and all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, pandemic. And so it got pushed to this year. And eventually they sold it to Netflix. This is not a Netflix original. Um, this, mm-hmm. you know, was I actually forget, but I think it's oh, I shouldn't guess. I shouldn't guess. Do you remember, Susan? Uh, what? That like it, the production company for Mitchell versus the Machines? I think it's Sony, Ooh, but I really no. shouldn't guess. Because um, I so thought I it, it was just Netflix. I totally, <laughs> I wasn't, I just assumed it, you know, it was, we got it on Netflix. So I just assumed it was a Netflix original. So I'm learning you know, from that's you. A, and I, didn't know about connected at all. Yeah, it is Sony. It's Sony Pictures Animation. Um, okay. It's it, it is interesting, right? The world we live in, especially coming. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's interesting in so many ways. Just coming through the pandemic, but the idea of which movies were made by streamers and which ones were just bought by streamers because the studios that produced them didn't want to wait anymore and didn't want you know wanted to get them out to audiences. Yeah, it kind of mixes your brain up a little bit, um, yeah. you know, trying to figure all that stuff out. I believe the same is true without remorse. I don't think without remorse was originally supposed to be just on Amazon Prime. I think that was supposed to be in theaters as well. So, um, yeah, I see that. yeah. So interesting times, interesting times that mm-hmm. uh, that we are in. Um, but we're going to talk about the, both those things. Of course, we'll do some buried treasure at the end. We've got a best ever challenge about best ever Navy movies, uh, movies featuring. Uh, the Navy, and uh, all that's going to be a ton of fun. Uh, we spent our member-only pre-show time talking about the Marvel promo that dropped, so that was really fun. Um, yeah. And all of that together just kind of feels like, Susan, I don't know how you're feeling, but it kind of feels like people are going to be, if they aren't already, just kind of heading back into theaters. I'm not I'm not sure when theaters will drop like the, you know, 
uh, not, you know, um, like when theaters will start filling every seat. I'm not sure when they'll start doing that, but right. I think people are heading back. How's it feeling where you are? I think it is. I will admit I, um, I already gone to a press screening for mm-hmm. the first time and uh, it was like dead though. There was only three like press people in there and wow. like, the rep. Um, and it was in the huge like IMAX, Dolby, whatever theater. So I had like my own row plus extra <laughs> in front and behind. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I felt super safe, but they're, they're definitely giving us those options. Like I know they sent like the option if you want to watch Cru- Cruella in theaters or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, when I'm getting the link offer, I'm like, okay, I'm going to obviously take the link. If I, if it's, if it's no option for a link, I, I have found myself going ahead and being like, okay, sure. Why not? Because it is spaced out enough, but it does give me hope. I'm like, okay, well, I think we're getting there. Once they're releasing, I think if, if they continue to release these like big movies, like obviously the Marvel, I mm-hmm. really think that's going to bring people back into theaters. I don't know if they're going to fill seats. I yeah. do too, even though Black Widow is available on Disney Plus for like the Disney Plus, uh, what do they call it? Premium or I can't remember mm-hmm. what they call it off the top of my head Premier, right now. Think, Premier. Yeah. Premier access. Premier. Yeah, I think you're right. Mm-hmm. So even if they do, or even though they are doing the premiere access for Black Widow, I do think that's going to be the movie. It just feels to me yeah. like July, that's two months from now, almost exactly two months from now, um, yeah. unless something spikes with the numbers, variants aren't handled by vaccination, unless there's some weird news with the pandemic, which could happen, not trying to jinx it, I promise. Yeah. Uh, but unless something happens, it really feels like that's going to be the movie. And it's not the first big movie coming out, but it just feels like that's going to be the one that it's like, let's do this thing. Movies are back. Um, yeah. Because who really, like for me, I want to watch Black Widow in theaters. I've mm-hmm. been waiting all this time. I don't want to watch it at home. Like yeah. it needs to be in yeah. the big, big screen. Yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting, um, and we'll be be there right along the way, telling you about all the stuff that's uh, that's coming out or come out recently. So, let's go ahead and get into that. We'll kick it off with a review of Mitchell versus the Machines. Let me introduce myself. I'm Katie. I'm sort of a weirdo. My parents haven't figured me out yet. To be fair, it took me a while to figure myself out. My brother, also weird. Hi, would you like to talk to me about dinosaurs? No. Okay, thank you. And my mom. Katie Face Cupcakes. Ah! All of us, really. How about we put our phones down and we can make 10 seconds of unobstructed family eye contact. Starting now. See, this is good right here. This is natural. Young Katie Mitchell embarks on a road trip with her proud parents, younger brother, and beloved dog to start her first year at film school. But their plans to bond as a family soon get interrupted when the world's electronic devices come to life to stage an uprising. Uh, Mitchell's versus the Machines has plenty of cast you may have never heard uh, of before, and then plenty of cast maybe you have. Uh, Danny McBride is in one of the major roles, Maya Rudolph. In fact, lots of SNL vets uh, doing a lot of the voices here. Um, lots, lots of, uh, a big cast, big cast in this one. This is as mentioned from Sony animation via Netflix. Um, what did you think, Susan? Did you like it? Love it? Dislike it? Hate it? Or it was just okay. I loved it. Yay! It was so good. <laughs> I can't believe how good this movie was. Like nice. it surprised me. I got, you know, we got the the link uh, or whatever in our screener mm-hmm. press thing or whatever. And I remember starting it thinking, eh, we'll see. I'm probably, I, I, I'm not even gonna lie. I was on my phone at the very beginning mm-hmm. and she says the line movies have always been there for me really early at the top. Mm-hmm. And I put my phone down. Cause that was like the first thing that struck a chord. I was like, Oh my God, me too. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know exactly me. what you're talking about. Yeah. Like I, and I've, I feel like anybody who you right away click with Katie's character because she does feel like there's always for most people, there's something that you are so passionate about and maybe other people don't understand it. And you're looking for your people and to connect with, because you know, a lot of times your family mm-hmm. doesn't get it or maybe where you grew up doesn't get it. And, and I, and I absolutely understand too. Cause when I went to college and even it's like college and then the the field I'm in now is where I found people that understand the love of movies. Yeah. Um, 
And I know for her, it's making film, but still it's just looking for that bond that it's like you get to speak another language with somebody. Mm -hmm. So uh, that right away. But then there's so many elements to this movie that people can connect with as far as, uh, you know, the the social media, being obsessed with your phones and the father-daughter storyline and just being like a, the perception of like a perfect family and I, I don't know, they're, it's just, it's so original and witty and heartfelt. It's, it's everything. It's, it blew me away. Okay, honestly. okay. Settle down, <laughs> Susan. Settle down. Yeah, I know. Uh, I really no, like I, it. I'm just kidding. In the like it, uh, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay uh, category, I am a very, very strong loved it as well. Um, this may be my favorite movie of the year so far. Uh, I I really, really had a good time with this. Uh, we haven't mentioned that on the production side of thing, this is from uh, Lord and Miller, who uh, for me really burst onto the scene with Lego Movie. But even before Lego Movie, uh, Cloudy with a chance, chance of Meatballs was really the first movie where I was like, oh, this <laughs> like style of madcap, fast-paced humor is really fun and clever and interesting. So I so even way back in the cloudy with the chance of meatballs uh, kind of era, I had started to see kind of their almost their calling card. Now it has become kind of the their thing into the Spider Verse. By the way, uh, mm -hmm. feels very very similar to this as well, and of course comes from the same uh, production company. So. Yeah, I I think that there is a lot to love here. I have very little negatives, um, but you mentioned a lot of the positives um, that that I would. Uh, I would also say one of the things I love about this movie is it's completely not afraid just to broaden the idea of what an animated film is. It, yeah. it uses so many different styles of animation, so many different... I It's... It almost is like consecutive memes. Like, like there's this idea in the movie that it's yeah. just, it's just like all these moments of you know stuff happening, and um, there's live action in this movie. There's yeah. actual photos and actual video. Like, it's it's really interesting how they're just not afraid to just do what the joke requires in that moment. And yeah, I fell in love with it too. Um, yeah, I had a, a lot of fun. And it's really funny. Like, yeah. I mean, it's nonstop laughs for the most part. I, I found myself laughing a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah. Um, of course, when you get a cast like this, you know, that's bound to happen as well. I mentioned the SNL alums. You've got Beck Bennett in there for some. Jay Farrow, mm -hmm. Sashir Zameda, um, Conan O'Brien, also an SNL mm -hmm. alum. He used to write for uh, SNL. He's in there. Um, let's see. Uh, Olivia Coleman, by the way. We oh haven't talked about so good. Uh, wow. with her voice work in this. I thought she was great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know that there's a lot I want to, I don't want to spoil anything necessarily. Right. So, you know, to mm -hmm. talk about the plot or the structure, it's almost secondary to what's going on here, but it does work. And I think that's worth mentioning uh, is that, the, you know, the story, it's, it's not as if it's non-existent. Um, mm -hmm. it is, it is very much a, a story, uh, about this family and about, you know, what the connected world means. Um, my, my only negative I have is that I think with, with a little more discipline, it feels like the themes of this movie could have been even more consistent because it's dealing with a lot of different things here. It's dealing with the idea, and you can even see it in the original title, Connected. Like, there's this, there's this idea that the movie really wants to deal with how technology is impacting our lives. Like, you started off by saying, I'll admit it, I was kind of in my phone when I started this movie. Well, that's kind of what this movie's about, right? I know. That's, yeah, the irony of that, yeah. So, in, in there is a scene early on where the family tries to not look at their phones over dinner and, uh, you know, at different lev varying levels of success. Uh, and so the movie is definitely trying to do those things, but then it very much just becomes a sci-fi adventure, which is fine, but those themes just kind of live there in the background without really being brought home because it seems like the theme the movie wants to bring home is the family relationship, which is fine and they go yeah. together, but I just, I, I just, I can't shake the feeling that just with a little more 
organization discipline, you know, cutting a few things, narrowing, narrowing a few things that maybe we could have got a really beautiful movie about how disconnected we are from each other and how social media has impacted our lives uh, in those ways. All that stuff is in there. It just feels in many ways, like the movie feels um, a million miles a minute and just, you know, mm. flashies colors and thrown on the screen. And, uh, and maybe that's okay. Maybe that's just, maybe that's yeah. my own personal um, uh, preferences coming out to play, right? Like that I, you know, yeah. I prefer a movie that's more uh, focused and this movie is not focused. It's, that's not, it's, that's not what it's trying to do. Right. Because it's, it's one of those, like, like you said, it's nonstop action. There's some, it's, a, it's almost feels like a wild chase, but mm-hmm. I, I did see that. I mean, you're right. Maybe it's not quite as focused, but I did feel that I felt like technology was the big reason why this family was so disconnected because mm-hmm. she was obsessed with her movies. The brother's obsessed with dinosaurs. The mom's obsessed with seeing other families on her like Instagram or whatever version of Instagram. And dad's just not tech, not tech savvy at all. So it's just, this is their barrier is what it felt like. It felt like this is the reason like the, the, the block here, mm-hmm. but, um, but there was a lot more going on too. So I can see your point. Yeah. Yeah. I think it may be just a style thing and it may just, may mm-hmm. just be me. And maybe it may even just be me searching for, you know, criticisms <laughs> because I really right. did love this movie so much. Yeah. Um, the only other super tiny one is a character one with the dad. I, I just don't believe any human being uh, at that age would not know what a website was. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's this <laughs> element to that, that character that is so tech ignorant that I just couldn't buy it. Like, you know, I, I know maybe for like, you know, a couple generations above me, maybe, but like yeah. my generation, like, uh, you know, the internet started when we were in high school. So like, it's, it's not something yeah. that's foreign to us, you know? So. No, you're right. Yeah. I mean, as my dad is, he's, I think part of it is a culture thing. He's not super tech savvy, but I will say he knows how to go to Yahoo, of log into his yeah. email, yeah. go to like a website. I think he, you know, he loves right. his online it's like, poker. It's it's not not that bad. The dad's like especially. uh W yeah. W He's very slow <laughs> like, come at on. it. He's come very, on. It's just he might be like a little slower, but not like to where this dad was. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Um, again, a very minor thing because really mm-hmm. all I all I want to do is gush about this movie. Um, any other thing that we haven't touched on that you uh, that you wanted to say uh, about Mitchell's versus the machines before we move on? I'm kind of trying to be careful because I, I too agree, like because I went in with it. So I didn't know anything really about this sure, movie. Sure. So that I think that added to the experience. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to spoil anything. Um no, I just don't want to spoil anything. So just, yeah, it was just really great. I think it's a treat that it's on Netflix. Like, I feel like this is a movie that we don't, like, if anything, should be charged like $30 mm-hmm. to see because I, <laughs> I, I I can't believe we're, we're able to watch it on Netflix. Like, yeah. it's just it's that good. It's also a movie I really would have liked to have seen on a big screen, though, too. You know, yeah. it's so colorful and beautiful and mm-hmm. sharp and... I'm in the minority here, but I also probably would have liked to see it in 3D. Um, I, you know, yeah. there's so much going on, and to to feel how the interplay between like the hand drawn animation and the computer, you know, animation could have worked in 3D, and some of the fun stuff they could have done. I don't even know if that they produced. I don't think they even produced this one in 3D. But I'm just saying, um, a visual movie like this makes me want to see it in those kind of cool environments. Um, Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. I uh, I think we have entered a brave new world, Susan. Uh, yeah. And it's I think the wall of streaming means bad or or lesser quality. You know, movie mm-hmm. uh, I think has been officially torn down. I think that has been um, hastened by the pandemic for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think we were always going to get there. And um, yeah, that's going to have consequences in a whole bunch of different ways. But uh, yeah, but there are definitely good consequences uh, in that we get to see these movies. So yeah, Mitchell's versus the Machines is absolutely a recommend from me, Susan. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. The only people I can see not enjoying this movie is if it's just too much for for you. You know, if there's if there is a level of whoa whoa stop it stop it with the flashing stuff like you know maybe this mm-hmm. movie would be too much for you, but it's so much fun. So uh, check it out on Netflix again. That is Mitchell 
versus the machines. All right, let's move on to Without Remorse. You took everything from me. These were foreign attacks on U.S. soil. We have to respond. I'm going to make it right. There's something inside of me that I can't turn off. A part of me that won't stop for anything. No remorse. Seeking justice for the murder of his pregnant wife, an elite Navy SEAL uncovers a covert plot that threatens to engulf the United States and Russia in all-out war. Uh, Without Remorse is a based on a Tom Clancy novel. Um, it stars Michael B. Jordan as John Clark. Uh, so not Jack Ryan. Jack Ryan is the <laughs> other Tom Clancy uh, hero that we usually get, but this is John Clark. Uh, and uh, many others hanging out here as well as uh, Guy Pierce uh, in here too. Um, what did you think about Without Remorse? Uh, I should mention on Amazon Prime. Uh, Susan, did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Oh, man. I don't even know what to say about it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's what uh, uh, I'm somewhere between just okay and didn't like it. Okay, so I like think. low side of just okay, high side of didn't low, like it. Low side of just okay. I think okay. that's fair because Michael B. Jordan is amazing and mm-hmm. what a wasted talent. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's like a well, wasted talent, but also he makes the movie watchable. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh my god, I don't even know what's happening. I didn't care. <laughs> I really didn't care. I tried, but as soon as his wife died, I was just like, "What?" Yeah, like, no, what? it's <laughs> yes. I okay. I gotta say my thing first. Uh, <laughs> I am on the high side of didn't liked it. Um, okay. I I did not like this movie, but mm-hmm. I, I understand there's some some good work going on here. Specifically, mm-hmm. you mentioned Michael B. Jordan. Um, and I can talk about some of the other things I liked here in a second, but I, I did want to respond to what you were saying uh, about the wife character, which, by the way, a little bit of a spoiler, but it happens very early on, and I don't think yeah. they're like hiding that in the marketing or anything like that. But it's just such a, it is such a trope that we have seen over and over and over again. Um, I believe they call it fridging, right? Isn't there's a term for this trope, right? Where the idea is. The hero's uh, significant other dies in the first few, you know, minutes of the movie, and then they have to get revenge. Like it's it, mm-hmm. the whole motivation is this character we don't know, never have time to care about, never really have time to connect with, and they're gone. And now we're supposed to buy into our hero's motivation, even though we can't really feel it like they do. They try in the five minutes mm-hmm. they have to <laughs> yeah. help us make that connection, but it just doesn't work. And it's just we've seen it so many different times. And the movie just buries itself in cliche, just buries itself in cliche after cliche after cliche. And I just felt like I don't need to watch this movie. I've seen it a million times. Like, you know, I just didn't. It really never got anywhere new or clever with the story, in my opinion. No, I completely agree. And we've seen it done better. Honestly, Mm -hmm. it was just like you. You hit my biggest pet peeve. Uh in a film is character development. Like I need to care about the characters. I started caring about his wife. I was like, okay, can't wait to get her. No, can't wait to get to know her more. Cause I was worried something was going to happen, but I was like that quick. What? Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I guess I will buy the revenge and like, there's so many characters even in the beginning that we, that get killed off that I was like, wait, who are you? Why did you die? Like, yes, yes. I, I, I just didn't care. And that was the biggest problem because I didn't care. It was so hard to even like focus on what was happening after the fact. I was like, I don't know. This is just gunshots and action. And uh, it's, it was a lost plot. Like even with the stuff at the end, when it happened, I was like, all right, just, just finish this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, I, I agree with you on this one as well. Uh, I will just say, I did look it up. Uh, fridging, which I had mentioned, is the practice mm-hmm. of killing off or hurting a minor character in order to motivate or torture a main character. 
the term comes from the world of comics, describing an issue of Green Lantern in which the hero's partner is killed and stuffed in a refrigerator for the protagonist to find. Um, so, yeah. So, fridging. This is like textbook fridging. That's exactly yeah. what this is. And it's so annoying and it's so frustrating. Um, and even more frustrating because... Michael B. Jordan is so good. He's like, he's, he's so good. I believe him. He's so earnest. Um, The other positive I was going to mention is I think some of the action in this is actually done fairly well. There's some interesting visuals in some of the action. There's a scene that happens uh, in a car that I've never seen anything like that uh, before. Yeah. I really liked that. Um, There's some Mm -hmm. other action beats, action moments that I thought, oh, that's clever. That's fun. But it's just it's just in this story that I don't care at all about. Like I just can't find my connection to the story in a way that any of it matters uh, yeah. to me. So yeah, that it's is a, the problem. It's a rough yeah, experience. No, and I agree. There is, and it's not. It's you. You have you have a good point. It is well shot. There mm-hmm, are sure. really good action elements. Like, and it looks good. Like I'm. It's it's almost. I don't know. It's just like it, it, it has an attractive out outside, mm-hmm. but the inside there's there's nothing there. There's just yeah. it's not enough to keep your attention. It's, yeah. It's like a bad date with a good looking person. <laughs> you know, you're probably right. It's been a long time, Susan. It's been a long time <laughs> since this guy's had been on a date uh with anybody mm-hmm. uh but his wife. So yeah. Um yeah, it's uh <laughs> It's one of those things, too, where it's frustrating because Taylor Sheridan wrote this and he's, you know, written some really interesting, good things. And man, all the pieces are here. Like, it's just it's one of those things you watch and you just go, this should have been this should have been so much better. It just should have been so much better. Yeah. You you have a good cast, even outside of Michael B. Jordan. You have, I mean, Jamie Bell, Guy Pierce, Mm -hmm. like it's it's there. It's just it, it probably does fall on the script a lot. Yeah. Well, uh, I don't know that I have a ton more to say because these kind of reviews can just turn into like, you know, shoveling dirt on, you know, the already dead corpse. And uh, and I don't know that we need to go there. I will say if you love the material, I don't know if if that makes this better or worse. I haven't read the book. Um, I haven't really read any of Tom Clancy's stuff. I do know there are other Tom Clancy movies that I enjoy. In fact, I rewatched. Uh, Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger because the Harrison Ford ones are are my favorite, um, and really enjoy those movies. Even though you know there's a little bit of dumb '90s action in them, um, you know they're a lot of fun. Uh, I haven't watched the I I think it was Chris Pine was Jack Ryan yeah. in one of the movies, yeah. and mm-hmm. Ben Affleck was Jack Ryan in another movie. Like was he? Oh, I didn't <laughs> yeah, I, I watched I, the I watched the Chris Pine one. <laughs> um, so I haven't rewatched those recently, but it it is it is frustrating when you like material and then it's you know done poorly. So maybe you won't like it, but then again, if you know more that can fill in the blanks that maybe we didn't know, maybe that helps somehow. I just don't. I just don't know what to tell you if you're a fan of the book um, because I have not read it. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, I kind. this is one of those weird ones though where it's like you watch a bad movie and you're like, I kind of want you to make another one. Maybe give it another try. <laughs> like, oh, you want another one? I do. Oh. But do you, do you understand why though? Because the pieces are there. And if you can just get the script right and I can care... Yeah. And you can do it like I, I like I want a second swing with, you know, this group, you know, trying to get it right. So but it's probably, I, you know, I don't know. I, I guess I, I would watch a second one because I like Michael B. Jordan so much. Mm-hmm. And he's again, he makes it watchable. So if if they wanted another go at it and they can make a better script, sure. Give it another shot. And I do remember. I can't remember the Chris Pine, Jack Ryan for the life of me, but mm-hmm. I remember how I felt when I watched it. Yeah. And I, I, I thought it was decent. I remember mm-hmm. thinking, it was like, Oh, it wasn't bad. I didn't feel like what I felt with, without remorse, but I, I also think I'm these films, these action movies are always, I go into them mm-hmm. with, um, a, I don't go with excitement. I'm like, okay, let's see what you got. Yeah. So, and they, they have, they, they've already got like a strike against me cause it's not my favorite genre. But maybe this time, maybe I'm a little biased, but yeah. I, I, it's not that they can't win me over if they're good, but yeah. <laughs> but this one is not. 
No. Uh, I, I will also mention there is a post credit scene in this one or a mid-credits uh, scene in this movie that does hint at something that fans of the Clancy-verse, the Tom Clancy universe, will uh, really be excited about. Um, let's just say multicolored through the sky after the rain. There's that multi... And you'll, you'll know where I'm going. Uh, so yeah, that definitely hints at... Uh, at some fun stuff possibly in store. Although, as much as people don't like this movie, who knows if that'll ever happen. We shall see. Yeah. We shall see. I just wonder if, like, Amazon now, they have uh, Krasinski playing Jack Ryan in their TV yeah. show. So, I, you know, I wonder if they're going to try to tie things together uh, in any way and do it that way. Yeah. We'll see. We'll find out eventually. Um, but not a recommend from either of us. No. All right. I mean... You you, you want to give it a whatever? Is that what you said? <laughs> I said I said whatever. I mean, like it's again. It's 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 on Amazon Prime. So if you have it and you have nothing else to watch, it's it's free technically. But I just think that you could spend your time. That's right. Time else. Time is important. Time management. Yeah. Uh, this is yeah. not where you should spend it. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's uh, before we head into the best ever challenge. Just a reminder: if you want to be a member of Sif Pop, you can do that. Uh, at Patreon, patreon.com slash siftpop is where you would go for that. Uh, members get uh, a weekly um, uh, member bonus show uh, at certain levels. And uh, as mentioned, Susan and I talked about uh, the Marvel promo drop and kind of what that, how that made us feel, what it made us think about, and kind of what the next uh, year and a half looks like from Marvel uh, as we kind of get back to the movies. So if you want to check that out, you can do so. Also, members have no ads in the podcast. You have your own podcast feed that includes the members-only uh, bonus show as well as a podcast, uh, the main show, with no ads in it. So that's something you can do, too. That all happens at patreon.com slash siftpop. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. All right, we're moving on to the Best Ever Challenge. We are going to do Best Ever Navy Movies. Hmm. Best Ever Navy Movies. So these are movies that predominantly feature the uh the navy uh aspect of things so this was an interesting for one for me because i kind of had to research like because yeah. there's different parts of the navy and some were obvious to me some weren't but we're gonna go from number five to number one uh susan if you have one higher than where i mention it feel free to trump it and just say and then mm -hmm. we'll just wait until it's uh whoever has it higher on the list we'll talk about it then um, but let's start with uh, your number five what do you got at number five I just have to say, I too had to like research what was Navy movies. So mm -hmm. I hope these are right. That's what they said. Because so, I was like, I, it's hard to like, you know, like I know, like I can think of like military, like army, mm -hmm. whatever. But I'm like, I don't know what's what. But yeah, apparently, well, counted it as one. You won't. Uh, oh. You you won't. Uh, you won't get any pushback from me because I don't know. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so right. go ahead. So um, number five, American Sniper. Nice. Yes, um, I think that does count. Yes. So that was apparently when I was like, I did like it, you know, fake baby and all. Um, <laughs> I thought it was surprisingly, I mean, obviously Bradley Cooper just does an amazing job in that film. It has its moments of like cheese mm -hmm. in there, but I think his performance and just what he went through, what that character went through was powerful enough to to make it a it was it was interesting. I like American Sniper. I, I think it's mm -hmm. uh it's definitely um one that holds your attention. Look, Clint Eastwood knows yeah. how to direct a movie. Like he, you know, yeah. he he gets it. He he understands how to hold the audience and um the movie does it well. And I do remember the fake baby first time I watched that. <laughs> and it was my first thought as it was apparently many people's first thought in that scene was like you're holding a baby doll. Like what is going on here? It is so obviously <laughs> a doll and uh, he's so he, bad it's so bad and it's just like in 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 what's even worse about those moments compared to other distracting moments is it just mm -hmm. completely takes you out of the movie because all of a sudden you're on a movie set and not mm -hmm. in like a movie and it's just like bradley cooper is trying to calm down 
<laughs> an inanimate object right now and yeah. I don't know what's going on. And then it was funny because I, afterwards I was like, did you see the fake baby in American Sniper? And it's like, the internet was like, yes, we all saw yeah. the fake baby in, in, in American Sniper. So yeah, it's fine. I know, it's a shame. It really is. Uh, my number five is Top Gun. Uh, Trump. Oh, Susan's <laughs> got it higher. All right, we'll wait till, uh, till we get to where you have it to talk about it. What's your number four, Susan? Uh, Pearl Harbor. Oh, interesting. A little Pearl Harbor love. This is not a well-loved movie. No, I know. And it's so funny. And I only say it because of how I felt when I first watched it when I was in like, I don't know, elementary school or something like that. I can't remember if I was elementary or middle school. Uh, At that time, I love the movie, but I'm also a girl who's crushing hard on Ben Affleck and Josh Hartnett. (laughs) I think that was the first time I was Uh like, who is Josh Hartnett? Wow. You're attractive, but not that that's what the film should be about, but it was, I, at that time I was like, wow, this is such a a great war movie. And it Mm -hmm. really, it it did everything it needed to do for me. And even though it's such, you want to talk about cliche that has a very predictable uh, twist twist, I guess you could say. Um, But at the time it was great for me. I will admit that we tried to rewatch it not too long ago and the the dvd like skipped uh, like about the first hour in and we never oh, bothered no. to try to finish it like he had to <laughs> my husband had to get rid of the dvd and then we were like that's all right we don't need to watch it yeah anymore. we're okay we're, we're, we're all okay. right sometimes you we're just okay. gotta let that live in your past and be you know part of something you love um yeah. yeah, look, I'm not going to hold it against you for loving a movie that came out at an impressionable time in your life with attractive people in it. Uh, see every Nicole Kidman movie in the early 90s uh, for me. Uh, so, yes, I, I totally understand how that works. So, um, But yeah, Pearl Harbor was not at an impressionable time for me, uh, and I did not necessarily enjoy it, but that's not what <laughs> we're enough. here to talk about. I understand. Uh, all right, on to my number four. This is where I have Zero Dark Thirty um, in at number four. Uh, this movie is so intense, and there's some great performances in it. I know in hindsight there are some things we need to talk about about this movie and about you know rectifying with our own history of uh, how we treat prisoners and all that stuff, and I think in hindsight... Uh, that is valuable to really have those conversations. As a movie, this remains incredibly made, uh, incredibly tense, and uh, some some really great performances as well. So I think this is kind of the first movie I was like, oh, hello, Chris Pratt. Huh, look at right? you. Yeah. Yeah. That was before he like, he was, what was that? Was that before or after Moneyball? Do you remember? Oh, that's right. Moneyball was right around there. I don't remember. Um, yeah. I, I can look it out, but Moneyball was another one. Although in Moneyball, he still kind of gets to be like more of that goofball, like yeah. Andy Dwyer type thing. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. So yeah. So anyway, Zero Dark Thirty is... Um, one of my favorites. I'm looking at Moneyball was 2011 in Zero Dark Thirty was 2012. So Moneyball would have okay. been the year previous to this. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, well, yeah. I, I, that was one thing I really remember about Zero Dark Thirty because I was always a huge fan of Chris Pratt since Everwood. So anything oh. he was in afterwards, I was like, yes, I hope this guy makes it. I don't know if he ever will because <laughs> like Parks and Rec wasn't like you weren't sure. Uh, but then, you know, he, he got his money ball and zero dark 30. I was like, Oh, I really wonder if like, come on, you got this man. And, uh, obviously I think in the long span of history, parks and rec will go down as a better show than the office. Um, I, I really do. I think, think yeah, I really do. Um, and I like the office, but I, I think parks and rec when, when you start to look back at it, and you look at that cast and what they were doing and what they've gone on to do. Um, it's it's pretty impressive stuff. And The Office has a little bit of that too. In fact, was it uh, was it Variety or somebody Vulture Variety? One of the V Mags uh, recently released their uh, top 100 TV shows of all time, or maybe it was sitcoms of all time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Parks and Rec came in at like eight, like number eight of all time. Uh, wow. And the office, I think, was around number seventeen or so. So I'm not the only one that feels this way, apparently. But um, but yeah, I I, th- I think it's uh, and, and 
that's taking into account a first season that was pretty subpar. The first season of Parks and Rec had a lot of learning to do about what kind of show that was going to be. But once they realized that Leslie Nope wasn't a Michael Scott type character, Mm -hmm. that she was adorable and lovable for what she did, Mm -hmm. not hateable and cringeable like the Michael Scott (laughs) character is. Once they zoned into that, that show just became awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do agree, especially if you do look at the the actors on Parks and Rec are probably there's more successful careers out of that show, yeah. but uh, that's a tough one. Oh, and and you you do make a good point. I would say overall, all the seasons because the last two seasons of Office they're rough. really yeah they're rough. Um, but Parks and Rec, it's really just that first season that's rough. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I have offices in my heart, but I mean, and, yeah, uh, I, I love Parks and Rec. And there's our conversation about Zero Dark Thirty. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Uh, I think we're on to your number three. What do you got at number three? My number three is Men of Honor. Yeah, that's a good choice. I like this oh. movie. I'm, yeah. I'm, gl- I'm glad you uh, you talk about this one. Is it my honorable mentions? Oh, okay. So... That doesn't count as a Trump, right? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. no. Uh, well, actually, it's funny because I hadn't even really heard of it until it was a DVD my husband had and we watched it. And I was very impressed with it. I will say it does go on a little too long. Sure. It's a little it, – there's a point where I thought the movie was done and I was like, there's still more? Mm-hmm. Like what? Yes. Uh, I I think it could have – like it would have been amazing. It might have been higher on my list if it didn't have that extra like – 40 minutes or whatever mm-hmm. it is, but it's so relevant to today too, as far as like the race uh, mm-hmm. aspect of it. But I mean, yeah, I just think it's a, it's a great movie. No, I'm glad. I'm glad you, uh, you brought it up. I'm glad it's in your, uh, at number three. Um, it has one of the most impressive scenes, uh, in, in there's, there's just this scene, like, I'm trying to think of perseverance, maybe not the word I'm looking for, but just like, um, Endurance? I'm, endurance i'm gonna prove it to you like there are just some scenes in movies like i'm gonna prove it to you and this has one of the best prove it to you scenes i've ever seen and it's it's so so good so this movie is worth it for that scene alone um but you're right it does go on a little long and there's some other stuff in it but um but yeah it's nero and uh and uh, cuba good jr are both great in this so yeah there you go yeah good choice uh my number three is hunt for red october um i speaking of Jack Ryan and and Tom Clancy. Uh, I I love this uh, movie. I love Sean Connery. I've I've recently started watching old Bond movies. I've, I'm not a Bond person. I've never watched the old Bond movies. Um, this dude's charisma is just off the charts. Just in everything he's in, and uh, this movie is intense. It's wonderful. If you haven't seen it, definitely check it out. Um, Hunt for the Red October is really really good. Yeah, I'll admit I have not seen it. Yeah, you should, you should knock that off your so, list of shame at some point. All right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Number two. What do you got at number two? Top Gun. Hey, there you go. That was my number okay. five. You've got it at number two. So, yeah. yeah, talk about it. Yeah. I mean, that's another one I watched when I was uh, a kid. I was really young. And, I mean, I, I was very traumatized by uh, Goose's death. That mm-hmm. I, I, think, I, I mean, I was so young to the point where I was like, wait, what does that mean? Like, He's not coming back. Right. And I remember, I, I can still remember Meg Ryan, like in her emotional state from mm-hmm. his, uh, from his death. But, um, I also, I'm just a huge Tom Cruise fan and I, I think it's great. I don't know. I, I really want to watch it again. Does it, have you seen it recently? I haven't. I'm going to do a rewatch with the new movie coming out, uh, yes. here pretty soon, but no, I haven't rewatched it recently. That's that was uh, my plan too. When the new film comes out, I want to rewatch it. One to see how it holds up, but also because uh, I mean I want to remember everything a little bit better. But I I mean it's it's a it's a fun flick. I remember thinking it was fun, and uh, you know Tom Cruise is great in it. Yeah, it is. Uh, I remember there's an amazing volleyball scene. That's uh... yes. <laughs> yeah. I <remember> that one too. <laughs> People still make fun of. Of course, of course. <laughs> uh, let's see. My number two, I think, is where we are. Um, is a few good men. This is what Trump. I have. Ah, uh, you've got it at number one. Well, we can go ahead and talk about it since we're going to do your number one next. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Why don't you start? Uh, since you've got a higher. Uh, so a few good men is actually probably in my all-time top ten. Ooh, nice. Yeah. It is, if there is a something that I really enjoy about a film, it is 
a really good courtroom scene. Yeah. I love it. And there's two points in this movie where I'm like, yes, there's the, um, the, they talk about the, he, he pulls a point as far about like the cafeteria. It's like, or the, or the I forgot what they, they use the term. It's like, Oh, there must be, it's not in the handbook. So you're saying your, your people don't eat. There's not a <laughs> place to eat. And he's like, Oh, well, so like that. Uh -huh. And then, if, I mean, of course, whenever he, he says, I want the truth like that thing, but yeah. uh, those alone make it like I could watch the courtroom scenes over and over again. Cause they're so just exciting and like the, Mm, yeah, mm -hmm. got it. But it's just a great story. It's so good. And I would say it's still pretty original to this day, at least for me. Every I've, I've rewatched it pretty often because it's one of those movies that I love to show people that have mm -hmm. never seen it. Yeah. And um, I mean, I, I think every time people feel like, yeah, that was a, that was a really good movie. And one of Tom Cruise's best. Not my favorite number one Tom Cruise, but still like. Easily. He is so underrated as an actor. I, well, I mean, I you know, you have him in your top two movies in this best ever challenge, right? Like you got Top yeah. Gun and, and a few good men. Uh, somehow you are correct. Somehow Tom Cruise is over or underrated. I Like he shouldn't be because he's amazing yeah. and everyone knows it. But yeah, there's there's something about him that I think uh, for whatever reason kind of, you know, people don't want to give it credit. But um, yeah, he's incredible. He's absolutely astonishing. Mm -hmm. And he's great in here. Nicholson, of course, has his scene. It's amazing. Uh, Demi Moore yeah. is is wonderful as well. And Sorkin, you know, I, like yeah. Sorkin's dialogue is just, it's just astonishing to me. And part of what makes those courtroom scenes sing is, you know, just the way it's written and how well mm -hmm. the performances back that up. Uh, yeah. Few Good Men is number 70 on my best of all time list. So. Wow. Um, you have, oh, impressive. Do you have like a top 100? I have top 200. Uh, oh, geez, that's th that I rank. So, yeah. Um, but yes, it is at number 70 for me, um, right behind Ex Machina, in case you wondered what else was, was ah, right around it. Okay. Love that movie. Okay. Uh, all right. I guess that's just my number one then. And mm -hmm. uh, speaking of underrated movies, uh, Master and Commander Far Side of the World. Um, oh. This movie is astonishing. Russell Crowe is so great in this. Of all the movies ever, that I am sad never had sequels. This is the main one. Um, I wanted to see this uh, this man uh, captain ships for the rest of cinema. Like it's just wow. it's it's so much fun. It's so um, there are some movies that 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 entertain you and uh, you know hold your attention like this does that also manage to educate you. And this is kind of one of those movies. Like when you watch it, you're just like, oh. That's exactly what it was like to captain ships at that time and to explore and to do those kind of things. And I know it comes from a book series as well, which, again, is part of the reason I was bummed it never got any uh, sequels because there's material there. Um, but I just think it was I think the title is too lengthy. I think people, you know, um, didn't know what they were getting into with that title. And Russell Crowe just wasn't quite enough to bring everybody in. And so it didn't do as well as they had hoped. Um, but from me to anyone listening, Master and Commander Far Side of the World is great. And if you haven't checked it out, you should do so. I love it. Uh, there you go. There's our uh, top five best ever Navy movies. Um, let's see. Do you have any honorable mentions that you wanted to throw I don't. out? Okay. I don't. I don't think of any. Uh, I would throw out Apocalypse Now. I think it's important to mention that one. Uh, the Rock. If you want some Michael Bay craziness, um, you can do that. Bumblebee. The best Transformers movie, uh, Bumblebee has you think some. Think that's the best Transformers movie. <laughs> easily, Five. easily the best Transformers okay. movie. Uh, Predator, if you want to check that one out, and Crimson Tide is another one. Um, great Denzel movie, Crimson Tide. If you want to check that one out, uh, might be worth it. Uh, what's your favorite Transformers movie, Susan? Since it's not Bumblebee, uh, the first one. With the, <laughs> absolutely, easily the first one. It's so good. Uh, I, I mean, everything after that to me was crap. Bumblebee was not crap. Uh, it was just okay for me. Um, but the first one just, that, that I was, one kind of blew me away. I was so disappointed by the, the first Transformers movie for all the reasons I don't like the other, the, you know, this, the consecutive Transformers movie. It's just, it was very childish all around and I don't know. 
The, 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 there was just there's this Michael Bay thing that I have to get over, and I have to let him do his thing, and it's okay. It's just not your thing. And uh, I was sad because I love the Transformers so much. I had Transformers growing up. I was so pumped that somebody was going to do it right, and I just didn't feel like I didn't feel like any of it worked. I didn't feel like the transformations work. Like the coolest. Okay, we're going to do it. We're going to go on our Transformers rant right here. The coolest <laughs> thing about Transformers was that you had a semi-truck, and then you moved mm-hmm. pieces around, and it became a robot. Like, how cool yeah. is that, right? In this yeah. movie, that's not what happens. What happens <laughs> is you have a semi-truck, then you have some sort of weird ball of pointy metal, and then it's <laughs> miraculously a robot. None of the transforming makes sense. It's just a bunch of little shards of metal. Like, it's just... Oh, I was so frustrated, Susan. It was just... It was my childhood had been ruined, and... Yeah. So, yeah. Well... I mean, you have that. That's fair. I mean, you. I think you were a bigger fan of Transformers than me. <laughs> I only watched the movie. Yeah. And I remember liking the movie as a kid, and I loved the soundtrack. I loved the soundtrack yeah. to that movie. No, that's fair. Uh, but I, I. So in the first one, it was good for me just because they were more focused on the characters, the Sam Sam Twitty, whatever. Like, they, I I liked his relationship with Bumblebee, and it was. It was just more simple. It was it was mm-hmm. a simpler script. Obviously, after that, they just I was like, I, "What is happening? It's too much." <laughs> and if I see another explosion, or it's just yeah. overwhelmed with action. Um, but I don't know. I, I guess it just worked for me on that one. It was sure. it was simpler and it yeah. was enjoyable. Yeah. I, again, I was also younger at the time when I watched <laughs> it, so my I wasn't even a critic yet. So my expectations right. were it, it it changes. It cha- I totally like, I, get that. It's 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 kind of the um, it's kind of like the the bittersweet part of being a critic because we we look at film so like it's hard not to be so critical and just sure. like go into it just like just enjoy it just enjoy yeah. it for what it is. I I think there is part of what we do that we have to continually remind ourselves that it's okay to bring out the microscope. That's fine. Mm-hmm. That's that's in fact that's fun and it's interesting and that can bring about some great revelations and some interesting conversations. But it's also just as important to put the microscope away sometimes and, you know, uh, take a broad view. And, you know, and I think that's that's something that you can lose. You can just look through the microscope the entire time instead of taking a step back and, um, you know, letting some missing some things, letting some things go and understanding a broader view of, you know, a movie or whatever the case may be. So, yeah, I'm totally there with you. I think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, all right, we're going to finish up with our buried treasure, Susan, and you get to uh, finish us off. So I will start. Uh, I got around to seeing a movie that came out earlier this year. Uh, I believe it's now on uh, PVOD uh, called The Voyagers or Voyagers. I can't. I think it's just Voyagers. Oh, yeah. I watched this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is one uh, that I wouldn't necessarily recommend. Um, my frustration with Voyagers is primarily in the fact that I really think there's an interesting concept here. I really think something could have been done in this area that really had something powerful and beautiful to say about uh, the human impulse towards polarization, you know, which we are dealing with as a culture so much right now, that impulse of us versus them, you know, uh, making people fear the other, um, you know, all that kind of for your own advantage, all that stuff is in here, but it's also so preachy and so didactic. And it's just, it turns the nuance level down to like negative numbers. There is no nuance in this movie. And because of that, nothing can land because it's all cartoonish and ridiculous. Uh-huh. And, and I feel bad because I like Ty Sheridan. I think Ty Sheridan can do good work. Um, and I'm not, you know, I'm not convinced that Lily Rose Depp can't do great work either. Like, you know, there's there's a good cast here. Um, and Colin Farrell hanging out in this movie for a bit too. So, uh, but it's just, it's so, the story is so over the top cartoonish with what it's trying to say that it just, it ruins it. It ruins what could have been, I think, a really interesting sci-fi metaphor movie. But it took the metaphor and it just put it like right on the surface and drew it out so clearly that you're like i get it already like (laughs) like tell me a story where the characters in the story movement you know drive what i'm feeling and what i'm thinking not what you're preaching about you know like it's just Mm -hmm. 
it's just a shame when a movie can't see past its own worldview uh, to really create a story. Um, so yeah, Voyagers was was quite a letdown in that way. Did you have similar feelings? I kind of feel like. Yeah, it was, I was, I'm like you, I really like Ty Sheridan. I think he's such a great actor and uh, I, I would not be surprised if one day he's like a, a big deal. But, yeah, I agree. Uh, I just, I, I'm with you. I felt like I was watching Lord of the Flies, um, but also a CW drama. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's because it was very surface level. I was just like, it, it offered nothing. And then I, the ending was the cherry on top for me. Cause I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. We did all that. And that's how you end. Right. This was like a waste, a waste of time. Like you want to talk worse than without remorse for me because <laughs> it was, it felt so pointless. It was just like, okay, you're talking about the most literally Lord of the flies in space and nothing to offer. Yeah. Uh, except for the, it was a talented cast. And that's what I think I said in my review is like, if, if this was just a launch pad for, for this young cast that mm-hmm. they'll, they'll go on for better things from it. Great. But that's about all it offered. For me. Yeah. I, it offered a little bit more than that for me in that I liked some of the ideas. I liked the idea of the primary um, function or primary catalyst to the movie being this idea that they wanted to dull down human impulse. And the, the, there's an interesting conversation to be had about do you, you know, the idea of forced uh, subservience versus willing education. And um, it, that could have been really interesting. It's not here, again, because everything is so on the surface and in your face. Um, so, yeah. And if you want, I mean, if you want Lord of the Flies in the future, uh, CW already has that show. It's called The 100. Um, and oh, it, it's literally about a hundred teenagers that have to start a civilization. Um, uh, on, this is returning to earth from space, but you know, very similar thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and, and you are right. I do like, actually, I, in the beginning of Voyagers, I did get excited cause I liked the idea of like, okay, earth's too, what was it? It was like too hot or something. And they mm-hmm. needed to like go. And I was like, okay, that's, that was an interesting hook. And then, um, start start new life in this planet. Mm-hmm. But I felt like there wasn't enough of that. Like I was like, well, what's this other planet? Why is this so like, like I, there was so much they left off, but I, you, I honestly already forgot that they weren't having feelings. They weren't expressing mm-hmm. the, they weren't getting to feel sensations and things mm-hmm. like that because that wasn't dived in enough. It was, no. it was just, it was touched on and it was more about jealousy. Yeah. And- in the Jack character, the Fiona Whitehead uh, character might as well have had a mustache tutorial. Like it was just, it was so <laughs> over the top and yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, uh, I, that was, that was one that, um, that I was disappointed in. What's your, uh, buried mm-hmm. treasure, Susan? So my buried treasure is just about, uh, the Oscars this year. Oh, talk about the Oscars. Yeah. Because I'm still a little like salty about it and <laughs> kind of like how you felt that there was so much potential. I was so excited. Well, first of all, the Oscars is my second favorite day of the year. Mm-hmm. Like I, it is a event for me from the moment I wake up and I probably put too much, uh, like too much uh, expectation on it, but I was so excited because this was the first award show that was really doing the in-person thing. You know, mm-hmm. like he, they they were they were prepared. They were probably vaccinated, COVID testing, all this stuff. And I was like, ooh, this is going to be good. And, that, you know, red carpet wise, it started out okay. And I even liked the setup, like the more intimate look in that um, whatever they – wherever they were at. But it just fell so flat. Um, I yeah. did not like the no clips thing. I thought the speeches, like I knew the minute they were doing the speeches for so long, I was like, they're idiots here. They're thinking mm-hmm. that they, they can let this, this is going to, you're going to force to rush it at the end. You can't, you don't think that it's okay to do long speeches because you're going to run out of time. And then I thought it was very, very um, like tacky to, or just, just not tasteful to rush the in, I cannot say this word very well at all, in memorum. Is that the right way to say it? Uh, in memoriam. In memoriam. See, I keep mentioning it. No, 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 no. But, We've yeah. all got those words. Yeah. Yeah. They 
they clearly put that on like 2.5 speed <laughs> when that came up. And I was like, this song's being rushed. We we're just breezy. I can't even read the names. And I was like, if you're going to rush anything, do not rush the people that have passed away this year. And then rush Chadwick Boseman thinking, oh, the worst thing in the world. Best picture is meant to be last. I don't care if you think you're going to honor Chadwick Boseman at the end that you don't know is going to happen. It does not matter. Best picture is the last award of the night. And then, oh, it's just so cringy <laughs> to like end without, with Anthony Hopkins winning. It already it's, I feel so bad because he did fantastic in the father. And I'm not saying he didn't, he totally deserves the win, but to clearly place that award at the end with the expectation that you're going to end with Chadwick Boseman and there's going to be this great standing ovation and an emotional speech and honor. And that's going to, how you're going to end it. And then have Anthony Hopkins and I even be there to accept the award. You've ruined his win. That's labeled an upset. And he's got to thank, he's got to like honor uh, Chadwick Boseman the next day in his own speech. And you've left the, the night already that was rough end that way. I mean, freaking Joaquin Phoenix is just like, all right, sorry. Good night. Bye. Like that's just all the more reason they need a host back. I'm not into the no host thing. Go back to the traditional, uh, like setup of this show and bring a host and provide clips and give us better entertainment and shorten those speeches. I don't need to know that like blah, blah's favorite movie was, whatever they said it was like, I just, just get in, go back to way, the way things were. Uh, I have so many Oscar thoughts, uh, many of which you can see on our live stream. Uh, if you haven't got a chance to check that out, by the way, uh, you could, you could even fast forward to some of the places like, uh, when we realized they were doing best picture with the actor and actress still left to go. And you can just see it on our faces. We're just like, <laughs> what is going, what, this makes no sense. In fact, I, I think I even said something like, they're going to do this, and then Anthony Hopkins is going to win, and it's going to- You said it, Anthony Hopkins? Yes, and, and it's oh. going to be, you know, what do they do then? Um, I think I phrased it as a hypothetical, not necessarily that. It's not like I predicted it, but I said, you know, what if yeah. Anthony Hopkins wins? And, you know, and, and just the, here's the two things that can happen once you make that choice. Number one, it can go all wrong like it did, and it can become, you know, uh, obvious, you know, that that it was a bad choice. Let's say, let's say, uh, let's say Chadwick wins, and mm -hmm. you get to have the the speech from his wife, and it's beautiful or whatever. You still have two things. You still have the ickiness of using that to, mm -hmm. you know, to do some kind of cool ending for your show. And you also have a backlash of, see, I knew it was rigged. I knew they knew that's, you know, I knew they knew who the True. awards were. And so they would have never done that if they hadn't known for sure. Like they know. So you've yeah. already, you, you, you're handcuffing yourself in a couple ways, even if it goes the way you think you want it to. And I just, it's Good such, a, it's such a dumb decision. And I, I respect Soderbergh. I love so many of his films. I know he wasn't the only one making those decisions. He was one of the producers, but it was kind of, played as his you know uh production and i just think it was a bad choice and you know what we all make bad choices but it just it was from the moment we knew where it was headed it was icky it felt gross mm -hmm. it felt wrong um and uh yeah i mean best picture i mean you end with best picture not because that's the way it's always been but because that's the way that makes the most sense you're never going to have a moment like this when you end with best picture because there's producers and so many people to get up on stage and to talk and it's a celebration of the best film of the year i mean everything about it makes sense so yeah yeah and that's a good i didn't even think about that that's because it already felt icky as like whenever they uh were about to do best picture and i was like wait what and I was like, oh, they like, I guess they know Chadwick's winning and they're doing this to the end. And mm -hmm. that feels really, I guess, yeah. if anything, it proves that they don't know. <laughs> it's not <laughs> That's really. how they tried to spin it. That's the whole next yeah. day. They were like, see, we don't know. And it's like, yeah, okay, great, great try, but it's still awful. Um, yeah. Now, the only thing I will disagree with you on is I think they should let people talk as long as they want. But I also think the show should be six hours long. So oh. um, I, I have no problem with like, hey, we're starting the show at, you know, 4 p.m. It'll be over when it's over. 
and make it like the Super Bowl. Like, does anybody go to the Super Bowl and go, oh, did you see how long the Super Bowl was this year? No, because you're watching a game. Like, the the long speeches are the timeouts and the different things that happen. In the, like, it's just, it's an evening experience. Um, and I just, let them talk as long as they want, is what, okay. is what I say. But you that, know. that is fair to say if the show can be as long as it needs to be. Right, but yes. But the reason why I was freaking out is because I knew this happens every year. They run out of time. Yeah. And there is a point, but it never this year in particular has never felt so rushed towards the end mm -hmm. than it did with this one. Like yeah. it was you could tell they were and I think it's again, it's because of that that video. Like it was mm -hmm. just it was so noticeable and cringy that I was just like, oh, yeah. and then also I'm not a fan of the well, thank God for Glenn Close because she saved it. But that little trivia thing mm -hmm. with the audience, that was if she didn't dance, that would have <laughs> flatlined big time. That was not good. Uh yeah. I agree with you. They need an MC, host, whatever you want to call mm -hmm. it. They need they need a master of ceremonies, somebody who can, you know, tie everything together, offer a quip here and there, is witty and fun. And um yeah, I, I you know, it it almost doesn't matter anymore. They kind they've kind mm -hmm. of sunk the ship at this point. Um yeah. you know, they they were down more than 50%. Uh, it was under 10 million people watched. Like it's kind of over. And so the, at least that gives them permission to kind of, you know, tear it to the ground, make a show for the people who are going to love it and mm -hmm. give up on this mass audience. And you know what might happen? The audience might start to come back because it's a fun show and people exactly. who love movies. You, you, know, you know how many people watch the Super Bowl that couldn't care about football? Like it's just it's because it's an event and it's fun and you get together with people and you have it on the TV and I, I think the Oscars could be that but they don't see it as that right now so um, so yeah yeah uh, I'm glad I got to talk a little bit more about the Oscars uh, <laughs> that that was a lot of fun but yes if you ever do go back and watch our our live stream uh, on the Sif Pop YouTube channel uh, there are definitely moments where you will see our minds be blown uh, based <laughs> on what happened so. Uh, well, we did it, Susan. We did a podcast. Yay! We set out uh, to to do a podcast, and we managed to make it happen. Well done. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Sif Pop is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching for Studio DNA in your podcast player. Uh, huge thanks to producer Phil for producing the audio and video show. Love you, Phil. Thanks to Drew for doing a lot of the graphics you see on the video show. Big clap. And thank you to Susan. <laughs> Susan wasn't ready for the big clap. She was like, oh, no, I wasn't ready for a clap. Uh, Susan, thank you for being on the show again today. Uh, where would you like to uh, tell people to find you? Um, yeah, you can find me on at thischicksflicks.com, uh, Instagram, uh, ictn.tv, like, is that all of them? <laughs> you can Google me. I always say Google me. Uh, Thischicksflix.com with X's, right? Uh, both Chicks yes, and Flicks with, with X's. Um, yes. So, yes, this chicks flicks with X's at the end of both of those words. Dot com if you want to find out everything, uh, Susan, on the internet. So we appreciate you. Thanks for coming on the show. I'm glad, uh, glad you. you come hang out with us every once in a while. It's really fun. Yeah, it is fun. Uh, if you want to be a Sif Pop member, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash Sif Pop. Support starts three bucks a month. Uh, you get a lot of fun perks there. You, of course, we've talked about the bonus show, um, no ads on the podcast. You can check out the different levels for everything at patreon.com slash Sif Pop. Lots of ways to connect with the podcast. You can leave a comment, rate, or review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Uh, you can also email us, feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you're having a good time, your movie-loving friends will probably like the show too, so make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than making 10 seconds of unobstructed family eye contact. Uh, we will be back next week, I think, with Wrath of Man and Army of the Dead. Uh, I think we'll be the two on review next week. Uh, whatever they are, though, hope to see you then. Bye. Bye. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.